What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tony, your host, Tony. Episode 21. 21, 21, 21, 21, 21, 21, I can't believe 2021 passed and 21 Savage didn't even drop an album. That's fucking stupid. Anyway, speaking of albums, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we're going to be in, uh, reviewing, interviewing, reviewing the debut studio album from American hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Yeah. Anyways, um, before we get to today's episode, I want to take a quick minute and thank you guys all so much for the support. It means a lot, really, so keep it up. Tell everybody about the podcast and whatnot. Also, t-shirts, t-shirt, we raffled next week. It's, it's, it's confirmed, all right? We'll be, just check our Instagram. Anyways, um, yeah, so, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. I gotta say, this album, by far, one of the most important albums in hip-hop history. Not only that, but this, this, this was sort of like an inspiration to a lot of the rappers that put the hip-hop scene back in New York, all right? Because keep in mind, this is the early 90s, all right? Around this time, West Coast hip-hop is dominating the scene. I mean, you got Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Pretty soon, they're going to be joined by uh, Tupac. But at that point, you know, New York was just a joke. But then this album came along, all right? And that's where it all changed. And that's exactly what we're going to be looking at today, ladies and gentlemen. So sit back, relax, and crack open a beer soda and or water, ladies and gentlemen, because this is Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Nigga one, Word up. Look out for the cops, though. Cash fruit. Word up. Two for fives over here, baby. Word up. Two for fives. Some niggas got garbage down the way. Word up. Cash you know everything around me. Cream get... Yeah. Check this old fly shit out. Word up. Cash Take you on the natural joint. Cream, get the here, money. We, here we go. Dollar, Check dollar this bill, shit. Yeah. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. Had second hands. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shallon Land. A young dude, you're rocking the gold tooth. Low goose, only way. First things first, do not call yourself a rap fan if you do not know this album. Anyways, um, so for those of you that don't know how album reviews go, it's pretty simple. I do a little bit of a background on the album and uh, go through some of my favorite tracks from the album. After that, I give it a rating and uh, call it a day pretty much. So let's get straight into it. For those that don't know, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, is the debut studio album by hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan. Released on November 9th, 1993 by Loud Records, recording sessions for the album took place during late 1992 to early 1993 at the Firehouse Studio in New York City. The album was produced by the group's de facto leader, Re- uh, I forgot. I forgot how to pronounce this guy's name. It's been a cool minute. Riza. There we go. Riza. Uh, group's de facto leader, Riza. The title originates from martial art films 1973's Enter the Dragon and 1978's The 36th Chamber of Shaolin. The gritty and distinctive sound of the album created a blueprint for hardcore hip-hop during the 1990s and helped return New York hip-hop to national prominence. It also became a greatly influential 
uh, piece of work in modern hip-hop production, while the group's members' explicit, humorous, and free associative lyrics have served as a template for many subsequent hip-hop records, like Cream, Cash Rules Everything Around Me, serving as a landmark release in the area of hip-hop known as the East Coast Renaissance, the album helped lead the way for several other East Coast rappers like Nas, The Notorious B.I.G., Mob Deep, and Jay-Z. And despite the raw and underground sound the album had, it was a surprising chart success, debuting at number 41 on the Billboard 200 chart and selling 30k in its first week. By 1995, the album was certified platinum by the RIAA, and in October of 2018, it was certified triple platinum. Initially receiving positive reviews from most critics, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers is by far regarded as one of the most significant albums of the 1990s, as well as one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, right? So there's a history to this album, right? Even the cover itself is iconic. All right. Let's get a little bit into the into um, the recording. So, the background for this album takes place even in the late 1980s when cousins Robert Diggs, Gary Grice, and Russell Jones formed a group named Force of the Imperial Master known as the All In Together Now crew. Each member recorded under an alias, Grice as the genius, Diggs as Prince Rakim or the scientist, and Jones as the specialist. Uh, the group never signed to a major label, but they did catch the attention of the New York rap scene and they were recognized by rapper Biz Markey. By 1991, The Genius and Prince Rakim were signed to separate record labels. The Genius released Worlds from, uh, Words from the Genius in 1991 on Cold Chillin' Records and Prince Rakim released Ooh, I Love You Rakim in 1991 on Tommy Boy Records. Both of them were soon dropped from their labels and embittered but unbowed, they refocused their efforts on new monikers. The genius became Jizza and Prince Rakim became Riza. Riza discussed the matter in the book, The Wu-Tang Manual, released in 2005, stating, quote, Tommy Boy made the decision to sign House of Pain over us when they dropped me. I was thinking, damn, they chose a bunch of white boy shit over me, end quote. Riza then began collaborating with Dennis Coles, who would later go on to be known as Ghostface Killer, another rapper from the Stapleton Houses in Staten Island. They decided to create a hip-hop group whose ethos would blend of Eastern philosophy picked up from kung fu movies and watered-down 5% nation preaching picked up on New York streets and comic books. The, rec- the album... <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> Majority of the album was recorded at Firehouse Studio in New York City, and the album would go on to be produced, mixed, arranged, and programmed by Riza, and was mastered at the Hit Factory in New York by Chris Greiner, uh, uh, I think they pronounce his name. Because of the extremely limited budget, the group was only able to record in a small, inexpensive studio with up to eight of the nine Wu-Tang members in the studio at, at once. The quarters were frequently crowded. To decide who appeared on each song, Riza forced the Wu-Tang rappers to, uh, to battle each other. This competition le- uh, led to the track Meth vs. Chef, a battle between rappers Method Man and Raekwon, over the rights to rap over Riza's beat. The track was left off the Wu-Tang's debut album, but surfaced on Method Man's debut album titled Taiko, released in 1994. The group's leader, Riza, produced Enter the Wu-Tang by creating sonic collages from classic soul samples and clips from martial arts movies such as Shaolin and Wu-Tang released in 1983 and 1979's Ten Tigers from 
Quantum, I think that's how you pronounce it. He complimented the rapper's performances with, quote, lean, menacing beats that evoked their gritty urban surroundings more effectively than their words. According to Stephen Thomas of Airline uh, of All Music, the use of soul samples and various historic clips and the technique by which Risa employed them in his beats was unique and largely unprecedented in hip-hop. The gritty sound of Wu-Tang is due to at least in part to the use of cheap equipment used to produce the album. With that being said, let's get into the review itself. So, opening track, Bring the Ruckus. There's not much to say about it other than I really like the samples that they use from Shaolin and Wu-Tang and Ten Tigers from Kwangtung. I think that's how you pronounce it. Again, these... Those... Those... Those samples is by f- what literally makes this album so good. I don't care what the fuck you say. It's like that. It's like that. Okay. Okay. Um, track two. Shame on a... I can't pronounce I can't say this word or else I'm canceled. By far, I got... S- this, this was like my least favorite song. I still added it to my playlist, but it was still my, but I still liked it, but at the same time, I didn't, and for one good reason, I got scared at the intro, it was just a guy getting the shit beaten out of him, it was like, yeah, uh, not really something I want to hear with, with my headphones all the way up, and because they recorded on really, um, you know, low-end equipment, it makes it just a little bit worse, than what I wanted to be, so it's still a good song. I'll still listen to it. It's very good. Yes, Clan in the Front, my favorite, second favorite song. All right, my favorite song from this album. It's Cream, but this one, this is my second favorite song. I really like the Jackson Five sample that they used in the song as well because, I mean, who doesn't love the Jackson Five, bro? Like, you gotta be a special kind of idiot to not sample Jackson Five. No, to hear a Jackson 5 sample and not fucking like him, you know? That just doesn't happen. So, Clan in the front, Reza's verse, uh, I mean, uh, the intro by Reza. Nice. Fucking. <laughs> um, track 4, Wu-Tang, 7th Chamber. I really like this song. Why? There is 7 verses, yes, yeah, 7 verses, and it's 6 minutes long, but it is totally worth the listen. Alright? You got Raekwon opening the first verse. Followed by Method Man. Then Inspect- Inspector Deck. Ghostface Killer. Riza. Old Dirty Bastard. And Jizza. Jizza. I don't know. I want to say Jizza. But it sounds like I'm just saying Jizz. But Jizza sounds better. But it also sounds like I'm saying Jesus. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm just going to say Jizza. Jizza. Nah, <laughs> anyways, so I really like that they put all the um, seven Wu-Tang members in this song. It was cool. Um, there is not much else to say about the, sam- about the sampling in this song other than did, did Reza seriously sample all of Shaolin and Wu-Tang into this album? He didn't. There's some tra- tracks that don't have it, but, you know, it's like, whoa, dude. It's the... Uh, a lot of Shaolin and Wu-Tang in here. Uh, track 5, Can It Be So Simple. 
Um, I won't lie, this was a bit of a forgetful song. Despite Ghostface Killer and Raekwon owning this shit. I really don't have much to say about it other than, you know, it's it's a bit forgetful. Sorry. Despite it being almost seven minutes. Yeah, that's right. Seven minutes long. Track six, The Mystery of Cheese Boxing. Chess Boxing, sorry. So, again, same old thing. I don't really remember much of this song. There really isn't much to say about it. Other than you, God. It's alright. Verse, first verse. But, you know, it's it's whatever, you know. Track 7, Wu-Tang Clan Ain't Nothing With... Sorry, I, I, I've messed that title up. Wu-Tang Clan Ain't Nothing To Fuck With. Fucking love this song. Another Bismarcky sample. Amazing. Dialogue from Executioners from Shaolin. Amazing. Just even the title itself. Wu-Tang Clan Ain't Nothing To Fuck With. It's, yeah, yeah, Reza and Method Man, yeah, fuck yeah. I'll just leave it there. Track 8, my favorite song on this album, Cream, Cash Rules Everything About Me. If that ain't a fact, I don't know what is, bitch, but Cream, fucking amazing. Love that song. The intro from Method Man and Raekwon, the sample, As Long As I Got You, even better, dude. That's what I really love about this song, dude. Like, I could be walking down a really crowded sidewalk and I'll feel like I'm in New York, man. This song screams New York. It does, alright? Even, and track number nine, my third favorite song off this album, Method Man. M-A-T-H-O-D, man. M-A-T-H-O-D, man. Fucking amazing. Although, I will say that the di- the pre-dialogue in the beginning, it's like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? He met the, met the man's like, oh, yeah, I'll do this shit, and I'll do that shit, and I'll fuck this, and I'll fuck that, and I'll fuck, 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 and yeah, and this. Like, it's a good song, but I fucking hate that intro. That's that's just, that's not my favorite. That's just the one thing I don't like about this song. But other than that, amazing track. Track number 10, Protect Your Neck, another classic from this album. Seven verses. Amazing. Fucking awesome. Especially the outro. I really like the outro and the aggressiveness too. Speaking of which, track 11, Tears, Reset, and Ghostface Killer. The aggressiveness brought on by these two in this track. Amazing unmatchable energy if, if if I'm honest you know I mean anybody could you know get up on a mic and start screaming fuck shit bitch and you know talking about how you're gonna how they're gonna beat the shit out of you but in my opinion this is a different kind of aggressiveness <clears throat> from from these guys and um that's what I really like it like about track 12 Wu-Tang 7th Chamber part 2 way better than the than the first one it seemed a lot more interesting to listen to. I actually want like listening to it. I actually have it added to my playlist. Seven verses, "Make It Funky" by Ralph Vargas and Carlos Bez. Amazing sample. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And when I mean amazing, I don't, I don't mean like you know. Oh, it's, 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 uh, it's so like you know, it's 
what's the word I'm looking for? Amazing as in I want to commit a home invasion and make amazing, you know? So I'll just leave it at that. The last track, Conclusion. Now, it's, it's, it's not, there really isn't much to say about it. Um, you know, it's just a minute long. It's just spoken word, you know? There really isn't too much to it. And um, now the there are some uh, versions of the album to have two more tracks to it. But, you know, there really isn't too much to, of it. It's just uh, the acapella version of Cream and Method Man. I gotta stop hitting that microphone. So, you know, there really isn't too much to it. It's a nice addition, but... <clears throat> not much else to say. And, uh, yeah. That's Enter the Wu-Tang. 36 Chambers. Alright, so. The rating. On a scale of 1 to 10, I gotta give... Enter the Wu-Tang. 36 Chambers. A... A 9 out of 10. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A 9 out of 10. And here is why. First and foremost, well, the album itself, it's classic. No skips from start to ending. That's that's just what it is. However, there is some, you know, some downside to the album. You know, like the production. Yes, while it is low quality, that just kind of adds to the, to the, um, to the... What's the word I'm looking for? To the genius of it, you know? That's what makes this album such a great album. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, it also makes it a little bit kind of ass, you know, because you know, they really couldn't afford the decent production to, to, to make it sound amazing. And because of that, it's the reason why I got so scared whenever, you know, dialogue from other moot from uh, Shaolin movies came up. And all that kind of stuff. It was um, very um, it was scary to hear. I won't lie. And frankly, it was a bit of an ear rape. But it's all good. So, yeah. Um, another reason why I don't give it a perfect 10 would be probably the... Uh, you know, there's just a few moments that it just gets boring. And, you know, no album is perfect. You know, you just zone off and, you know, quit listening to what the uh what the rapper has to say so you just automatically give up but yeah no amazing album decent production although it does kind of degrade it a little bit um what else what else yeah there really isn't too much to say about it nine out of ten let me know what you guys think do i recommend it hell yeah if you're into if you're trying to get into the uh east coast hip-hop music scene there's your start. Um, if you're just trying to get into hip hop in general, there's another start right there. Um, it's it's a really decent album. It really is, and I totally recommend it. It's only like what an hour long. Um, I don't even want to do the time. I don't even want to. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, yeah, no. It's it's a decent album. Totally recommend it. That's it. <laughs> um, the legacy and the influence of this hip hop album, 
by far one of the most amazing. Alright? The album's released. At the time of the release, mainstream hip-hop was dominated by the West Coast. Alright? And to the Wu-Tang, along with Nas's critically acclaimed Illmatic and the commercial success of Notorious, B- Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die, was able to shift the emphasis away from the melodious... Uh, melodious synthesizer-driven g-funk and restoring to interest into the west coast hip-hop scene according to one columnist quote when enter the wu-tang the 36 chambers first graced the pages of rap lore in 1993 dr trace funkville west coast gangster rap dominated the business though its national dominance was difficult to overcome wu-tang still managed to carve out a piece of rap history and that's exactly what they did Unfortunately, however, this is the only Wu-Tang album I'm, lab- I'm willing to listen to. I've never heard Wu-Tang Forever or any of their other um, other uh, albums. But following 36 Chambers' success, individual members of the group negotiated and signed solo contracts with a variety of different labels. Method Man would go, would go on to sign with Def Jam. Old Dirty Bastard went with Elect- uh, Electra Jizza with Jeff and Records and Ghostface Killer with Epic Records. This expansion across the music industry was an element of Reza's stated plan for industry-wide domination wherein, all, wherein quote, all Wu releases are deemed to be 50% partnerships with Wu-Tang Productions and each Wu member with solo deal must contribute 20% of their earnings back to Wu-Tang Productions a fund for all Wu members, end quote. On end to the Wu-Tang's effect on the group and music industry, the Milwaukee Journal's uh, Aaron Justice Sapinski wrote, quote, The Wu showed us that a hip-hop group can control its own destiny in the tangled web of the industry. It owns publishing rights, controls its samples, and has 90% influence over its career. And that control, that outlook for the future is what makes it the best. Wu-Tang, sorry, end quote, Wu-Tang Clan have released seven subsequent group albums since their, since Enter the Wu-Tang, including Wu-Tang Forever in 1997, which would go on to be certified as a quadruple album record. None of the subsequent Wu-Tang Clan albums have garnered the critical accolades that the debut record has accorded, and in 2013, the group reunited at the behest of Riza for an album and tour celebrating the 20th anniversary of the album's release. The album was titled A Better Tomorrow, and the tour dates included, uh, sorry, the tour included dates throughout the U.S., Europe, and Russia. All original members who, of the group who performed on Enter the Wu-Tang participated both in the tour and the reunion, with the exception of Old Dirty Bastard, who died in 2004 due to a drug overdose, I think. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it as far as, you know, Enter the Wu-Tang goes. Let me know what you guys think about the album. I personally think it's a classic. It's a, it's a piece of rap history, if you will. And, um... Yeah, do I recommend it? You're goddamn right, I do. Especially if you're getting into hip-hop, East Coast hip-hop, or just hip-hop in general. It's a really great album to listen to. Totally recommend it. But overall, ladies and gentlemen, that's pretty much it for today's episode. Let me know what you guys think about the album. T-shirt will be raffled off next week. I promise you that. Just keep an eye on our Instagram. And um, that's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, stay warm, and most of all, don't drink and drive. We'll see you guys next week. Okay, show's over. Please get out. Thank you.